What's up, everyone? I'm your host, JJ Rivera, and welcome to 305 Culture, a podcast where you'll feel the heat. Now let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat basketball. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of 305 Culture. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Motor City Hoops, Blazing the Path, Hashtag Lakers, Knuck If You Buck, Spanning the Spurs, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, and At The Buzzer, plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and The Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, JJ Rivera, and welcome to 305 Culture, a podcast where you feel the heat. Now let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat basketball. All right. Well, this past week wasn't exactly a great week for the Miami Heat. Miami went one and three with that lone win being a one point win over the Sacramento Kings, which we'll discuss later on. But anyway, this is a really start, a really tough schedule for Miami this week. But next week it should be it should be a lot better. Given that that I think most of the teams that we'll be facing are under 500 right now, so I expect a lot of improvement from this Heat team. Anyway, let's get into it and let's start with the first game of the week: Heat Nets Part Two. As we all remember, in the previous game against the Nets, Bam scored a career high 41 points. He basically came into his own in that game and he was outstanding. And I had a really good chat with Adam Borai of. Five Reasons Sports Network last week, so you should definitely check that out if you missed it. Anyway, let's get into it. Duncan, Goron, KZ, Kelio, and Bam Adebayo started this this game for Miami. Remember, they were without Tyler Hero, without Jimmy Butler, and without Avery Bradley. So the Heat once again shorthanded, facing a high the high powered Nets offense, which fairly enough they they did a, a fairly good job of. Of containing the Nets, they the Nets managed to score only ninety eight points, but the the Heat the the Heat offense didn't catch up with the Heat defense, if you if one could say. And the three point shooting for both teams really was was really bad. Miami shot twenty five percent from three. Brooklyn shot twenty eight percent. Both teams made eleven threes. But anyway, let's get into the first quarter. Miami got to Got off to a quick eight to nothing start, and Bam was really aggressive in that in that first those first few minutes, and I was really I was really encouraged seeing him come out. That well, you know, he just scored forty one points in the previous game, so it makes sense that he was still going to be aggressive. Still, Brooklyn came came back attacking as they should because well they have. Probably the greatest offensive trio ever assembled. And Kyrie Irving is one of my favorite players to watch. He had a beautiful and one in that first quarter. Bam was actually doing a pretty good job sticking with KD. And and it was it was a really 
really encouraging sign seeing one of the one bam matchup against one of the greatest scorers of all time, which will definitely help his growth. Both offenses stalled a bit in the first quarter, as I said. Actually, both offenses didn't play that well into the, throughout the whole game, but well, Brooklyn has the much better offense, so they just so they just took charge in that fourth and never looked back. I really like Gabe Vincent's aggressiveness. He provides a a level of intensity that and the confidence that he has on, on this game is really outstanding. The, you know, there's people joke around the heat about the heat that you don't truly become a heat player until you start passing up open open layups. But Gabe Benson is not that guy. He will shoot that ball, and I really like his his energy on defense. Maybe he might not be able to stick with this man as long as one would like, but still, I really like the the, the energy that he that he brings. The quarter ends with Miami ahead, 21 to 15. And the second quarter, I noticed something that Miami was doing. They were trapping James Harden because there was no KD or Kyrie on the floor. And with those lineups, Miami really took advantage because the Nets essentially had well one elite playmaker on the floor, but the rest of the lineup consisted of TLC, Jeff Green, and Bruce Brown. So those guys are not well. Those guys are not exactly offensive powerhouses. So it was basically Miami playing the percentages. We, we, we trapped James Harden and we let him find the open man and hope for the best. And well, James Harden did a pretty good job of finding the open man. And when he leads the league in assists, after all, there was a, a really nice... I don't know if it was the, if Vincent's defender slipped, but he crossed somebody over and he got a beautiful lob to Precious. And it was an, out, it was an outstanding outstanding play really in that second quarter I also noticed that Miami started with no Goron or Bam on the floor Miami start basically to try to run a high pick and roll with Duncan and Nunn and once again as we discussed last week the lineups without Goron and or without Goron or Bam with and, and Jimmy Butler and Tyler Jimmy Butler's and Tyler Hero's absence have been atrocious so Miami had to bring Goron and Bam back and Goran and Bam instantly found found they have excellent chemistry and the pick and roll. Goran threw an outstanding lob to Bam. I really I props to Nikias Duncan for spotting it first. But when I was watching this game, I thought, man, Joe Harris is really an underrated perimeter defender. Most people just know him as a shooter. He I'm not saying he's peak Kawhi Leonard on perimeter on the perimeter, but he can he can handle. He can handle some, some of the, of the perimeter scores. He guarded Warren pretty effectively in a couple of possessions. So I really, uh, I think Nets fans should be encouraged by Joe Harris. Anyway, the Brooklyn offense, they started to wake up a little in the second quarter, and the shot making of between Katie and Kyrie just, and then you add James Harden to that, it basically makes their offense unstoppable because you can have. You you can have one of three elite scorers on the floor at all times, and that's a luxury that I don't think many teams have had throughout NBA history. So that's something that, and that's something that I really, I it makes worries me as a Heat fan because right now, even with Jimmy and Tyler back, I don't know if we can get past 
Brooklyn if we ever face him in the playoffs. But there's still a lot of season left. Maybe a trade is coming. I don't know. But as currently constructed, this roster I don't think can handle can hang with Brooklyn in seven games. And Miami, well, they defended Brooklyn as well as you could have hoped for. And also, I I noticed Joe Harris and the other and Joe Harris especially was missing a lot of open jump shots. So maybe it wasn't as much as Miami defending well, or it was probably Brooklyn just missing open shots. In the third, when the and the first half ended 45 to 41 in favor of Miami. KD entering the third quarter. KD hasn't really didn't really shoot well, but he had his free throw going. So that's how elite scorers get by. If the shots not falling, you just get to the line. That's how Jimmy does it. Really, he can shoot. He can shoot from outside, but he gets to the line, and that's where he gets a lot of his points. And once again, I noticed. Dragic and Bam are lethal together. They are really good. But when both sit, the offense plummets. Dra- the Dragons started, woke up in the third quarter. But so did the Brooklyn offense. Harden, Harden started to drive more to the basket, drawing fouls as a specialty. Goran was, he made three threes in that, in the quarter. But Brooklyn started to catch fire. They scored eight straight points in less than two minutes. And Miami tried to do enough to slow down um, Brooklyn. They were going to enter the, the fourth quarter trailing by by two, but Bam made a buzzer-beating three and gave Miami a seventy-one to seventy lead. And then here is when everything unraveled. The fourth quarter. First off, Duncan Duncan had was was struggling a bit for a couple of games. Last game against the Kings, he he. He woke up a little, but in this game he shot one for ten, one for ten from three. That's not that's not gonna get it done. And when when you're one of the elite shooters in this in this league, and our offense relies so much on it, when Duncan shoots one for ten from three, we are gonna lose most of those games. Bam managed to keep us in the game. He was our leading scorer with twenty six. And I saw some. I, there was a possession where Casey contested KD's shot. Very well, but well, Kevin Durant is one of the greatest scorers to have ever lived. So it didn't really surprise me that he made the shot. And I really was impressed to one point that Miami had kept the, the game within the low 80s. But then the floodgates opened and Brooklyn opened up an 8-point lead. And all of a sudden, they started making shots. They got an 11-point lead. The offense went absolutely cold. And that was the last five minutes of the quarter, and Miami lost 98-85. to That's really what, what we can say. The free throw department, Brooklyn shot, made seven more free throws than Miami, and they shot five more. So Miami had to, has to clean up, has to clean it up a little bit in, that, in the free throw department. The total rebounds, there wasn't a lot of disparity. Brooklyn grabbed four more rebounds to Miami grabbed 45 to Brooklyn's 49. And Miami actually had more offensive rebounds than Brooklyn in this game. So, I guess, go team. <laughs> and the 12 turnovers, that, that represents an improvement too. Because as we all know, we lead the league, we are one of the league leaders in turnovers per game at, all, at just about 18 per game. We're ranked 29th in that department. Anyway, let's move on to a game that was 
really, ugh, I I really can't say, I really can say much more than ugh for this game because it was it was atrocious. Bam, Kelly, Casey, and Kendrick started the game. There was there was no Goran Dragic for this game, so yeah, more this this team. The, the, we have been really ravaged by COVID and, and injuries. But I was really excited because I thought that Bam versus Jokic was going to be very fun. Two of the three best centers in the league going at it. That was, I was really excited. And the first six points of the game came from either Bam or Jokic. So that was really cool. And I really like there was a, in the initial possessions, Bam attacked Gary Harris on the switch and he took advantage of the mismatch. So that was really. That was really nice to see, but Robinson could not could not buy a bucket, especially during those last two games. I'm gonna read you how much he shot. He shot two for ten from three. That's twenty percent. Last game he shot ten percent from three. This game he shot twenty percent from three. So he was in a real slump. He 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 had been slumping for a while, but the, those past those two games, the slump really really was starting to concern me. Denver went up. Basically, this game, I think we can we can fly by this one. Miami started off 0 from 9 from 3. Denver went on a 22 to 5 run in the first quarter, and the quarter ended 26 to 12. So the game basically seemed over when it started. Oh, I forgot to mention Avery Bradley returned to the game, which was good because we take a step forward, but we take two steps back because Avery Bradley turned, and Goran was absent. So I really we so those that are that are a little bit concerned about the lack of consistency from this team, we haven't had a consistent uh, consistent nine man rotation to start a season. So I I should say pump the brakes and let's and let's you know let's give it some time. Jimmy came back this week, so I really think I maybe things are starting to look up look up. The game was within reach in the second quarter, but poor shooting and turnovers were killing Miami, and, which is really what's hap- been happening all season long. Miami had 16 turnovers in that game, which is too off their their regular season average. So, I guess good job there. Maybe those those the last two games they were between the Brooklyn and Denver game they have managed to stay under their regular season average. But still, 37% from the floor is not going to cut it, especially when your opponent shoots 45%. And 28% from three is absolutely not going to cut it. They shot 45 threes, and they only made 13. So that's... Not. And they didn't exactly get a lot to the line. They only shot 11 free throws as a team. So that's not a really encouraging sign. Let's breeze by this game because it was, as I said, atrocious to watch. Miami started... They they made the first they they made the first two threes, but they had to shoot nineteen times to make those two threes. So that's not that's not really good. So a uh, staff from the bar on the broadcast really that I found interesting. Bam and Precious had only played one minute together, and in that second quarter, Spo managed to put them together. So that was really cool because we have two energetic front court guys. Bam is the much better shooter at this point. Precious is just basically a finisher. But I really, this is our this is the front core of the future. So they should start to get familiarized with each other and start playing a little bit more. 
and then and, and again we the lack of personnel also you know forces force Bo's hand to play them a bit more this was easily Miami's worst half of the season. They only scored 33 points in the first half. And that, that ugh, man, that was that was bad. Mill, Millsap actually did a pretty good job of containing Bam in the first half. And Miami's offense suffered immensely because of it. Because with no Goran, eh, no Jimmy, and no Tyler, Bam was pretty much our first option. And when he's getting contained that way, that spells problems for us. Miami they came back for a bit. They cut the lead to 9 to end the third quarter. They went on a 10 nothing run to end the, quarter, the third quarter. But then the fourth, Michael Porter Jr. was basically became a flamethrower. And Denver went on a 20-4 run. And that was it. Miami, Miami lost 109-82. After the break, we're going to discuss the Heat Clippers game. Then the heat, the heat, the heat King, Kings game. We're gonna have a look ahead at the, at the next week, and we're gonna award our Heat Player of the Week. So stick around for more three hundred five culture podcast. Hey, hoop heads! We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. And we're back. Okay, let's talk about the Heat and the Clippers game. The Heat Clippers game. Well, PG and Kawhi didn't play in that game, so I I felt really good about our chances in that game. And we had vice versa going for us as well. The starting lineup consisted of Bam Adebayo, Kelly Olenek, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, and Kendrick Nunn. Tyler Hero came back after a seven-game absence due to a neck strain. And the offense, it had two playmakers at the same time. Again, Tyler's not at the same level as a, of a playmaker as Goron. But he, he, it was good to have another playmaker on the floor tonight. And Miami started the game really they the offense was flowing that in the first quarter Duncan was shooting well I thought he might be turning a corner from his last two games which you know he kind of did he shot 40% he shot only five threes but he went two for five so I guess that's that's all right and Miami they start shooting really well from from deep they they had Five threes in the first quarter at one point. Precious was really was playing really well. Miami went up by 16 in the first quarter. The offense was outstanding. Max Russ. Man, Max Russ was making was on fire. He made four out of six three pointers in the game. He already he had two in the first. And Miami went went in went into the end of the quarter 
with eight threes made and a 33-19 lead. Now came the pro- then come the problems. The offense cooled down significantly and the, and the Clippers were slowly but surely coming back. And the main takeaway of, from, this, from this game, Bam Adebayo's passiveness. If he truly wants to be the best player on the team, he cannot ha- have many nights like this consistently. He made a lot of his, you know, sure, you might look at his stat line and you say, well, he had 16, 13, and 7, sure. But he scored like six or, or, or like six of those points came in the final minute. And it was there were a lot of the Clippers basically playing prevent defense. So that though that stat line might be misleading, he was settling for a lot of jump shots in the in the game. He wasn't drawing driving to the basket, which credit to the Clippers and Serge Ibaka for for deterring him to shoot to drive to the basket. But he was mostly settling for the mid range jump shot. Listen, his mid range is very much improved. It is it has become borderline elite. But he cannot. But you cannot rely only on your mid range in order to be an elite offensive player. He had to drive to the basket and, and draw fouls, which is evident. His he he shot four free throws, but I feel that's low for a guy who's the best player on the floor and who has the the athletic ability of Bam Adebayo. The the he anyway moving on to moving back to the second quarter. The the defense was bad. Kelly got in a, there was a possession where Kelly got stuck ball watching and Kennard cut to the basket for an and one layup. Strauss he stopped the bleeding a bit with his third three. The Clippers up to that point they only had one three pointer, but they only trailed by eleven, but it was mostly due to Miami's turnovers and their horrendous defense in that second quarter. Who by the way, in the second quarter the turnover well the turnovers for the game weren't that bad. They had only 13, you know, compared to our regular season average. But still, it was it was not an encouraging quarter to have. And the Clippers finally tied the game. And the and Miami had a pretty bad offensive quarter. He, I wrote down Bam is getting hounded by Ibaka, which he was. Bam was absolutely getting locked down by search. Anyway, Miami entered and finished the half with a 50-48 lead, which is a far cry from their play in the first quarter. Then things started to go downhill from there. Third quarter, here was clearly rusty. Seven games is a lot of games to miss consecutively. He had to establish a little bit of rhythm. He scored. He had a, a nice scoring game, but still he was he was rusty. He was he was trying to you know, he was trying to get Back, get back on track. Bam could not score on Ibaka. Hero started to come alive in that third quarter. He had a nice and one. But Ibaka made two straight three-pointers three and the Clippers suddenly could not miss. They were getting to the rim very easily. And the, and the Clippers went up by 14 after a 20-2 run in that third quarter. And that was a... a, a oh, wow. That was really bad. And Bam... You know, he was grabbing rebounds, but we don't need him to only grab rebounds. We need him to score more. And the Clippers, I mentioned I mentioned before that they only had one three in the the up to a point in the second quarter. Well, they came alive and they finished with seventeen total for the game. And it was mostly due to a three point barrage in the third quarter. They the effort from the Heat was non existent. A lot of the fans on Twitter were 
were outraged and they were very dis- they were disgusted by the by the by the effort. I was really discouraged by the effort in that quarter. I thought that was Miami's. I, I that's not Miami Heat team. It's not really. It's not usual to see a Miami Heat team give that little of an effort. And the uh, the zone was not working, which is uh, which is our calling card. Clippers were attacking the zone with ease, and yeah. I guess the highlight of the quarter was Precious hitting a ridiculous, but I mean ridiculous. He was falling, he was basically falling away. A, a jump shot that was an and one. But the quarter, you could basically encapsulate the quarter when the final play for for the, the entire quarter. With less than a second left, Vincent fouled a three-point shooter. And the Clippers went into the fourth up 88-69. Now the fourth quarter, Miami, Miami was better. It was much better. You could not. Well, they could not be. They could not be any worse. The Clippers ended up. By the way, the Clippers ended up scoring forty points in the third quarter to Miami's nineteen. But Miami came alive in the fourth. But it was too little, too late. They scored thirty-six in the fourth quarter to LA's twenty-one. And you know, Bam still not driving to the basket. And the, the Heat actually had a chance. They were trailing by three with 21 seconds left. Reggie Jackson missed his first free throw. But he made the second one, so it was a four-point game. But nobody could buy a three in, in those final seconds. So, yeah, the game was over. Clippers won 109-105. That game was... Ah, man, that, was, that game was tough to watch. I was... it It was not... It was not fun to watch, really. Anyway, the Heat and the Kings. Now, that's a game that, that was really fun. We won. But I'll be albeit by one point. Due to a De'Aaron Fox explosion in the fourth quarter. Jimmy was back. And boy, did we feel the effects of him coming back. He It was so good to have... Oh, it was so good to have three playmakers on the floor with Jimmy, Bam, and Hero. And someone to take the pressure off Bam to be the leading scorer and best player. Because Jimmy, he can he can guard multiple positions, he can rebound, and he can get to the basket at will, which opens up Bam's game. And it actually does, doesn't require him to ha- exert so much effort. But to start the game, Buddy Heal, oh, God, Buddy Heal was outstanding to start the game. He was making threes left and right. He was outstanding, really. But, you know, he cooled down a bit after the first quarter. He still shot, he still made six three-pointers. He shot 13 times from three and still made six. So that's a pretty good percentage. But he was making ridiculous threes in the first quarter. And our old friend, Son Whiteside, made an appearance in Miami. Uh, we don't like Son Whiteside in the 305 Culture Podcast, as I have mentioned many times before. But yeah, that was our, our first encounter with him. The game was a bit of a back and forth, but that fourth quarter was really entertaining. So I I really want to talk about that fourth quarter. As I mentioned, Jimmy unlocks another level for this team with his playmaking. He was finding open open players. He actually, I think he actually, yeah, he led the team in assists and points. He had eight assists and thirty points. So yeah, that was that was nice. It was nice to see someone taking uh taking the the scoring load 
of of ban and without dragage too well, well you know that's that was much much appreciated really so no Goran again that that game ban found it was well found a, a stress for a beautiful layup and Duncan shot very well that night so he's finally during the corner he shot 50 cent 50 percent from three four from eight four four eight oh but that that those final minutes they were nerve-wracking but he caught caught bam off guard and he stole the ball from him and it was basically bam he was ready to dribble the ball off the court up of the court and he'll just came from the back relocated to the top of the to the top of the of the, the three-pointer from the top of the key and he made it, and he gave Sacramento the lead. And with 40 seconds left, Jimmy gave us the lead off a beautiful move to the basket. And Bam sealed the win with a block, Bam block, and the Heat won, 105-104. to 104. So what are our main takeaways for this week in Heat basketball? Well, Duncan Robinson struggling from three for the first couple of games. And before that, he was struggling a bit. Jimmy being back and how good this team looked with Jimmy back and that that's without Goron. And I believe Bradley didn't play in that game either. So we have yet to see this game this team, excuse me, fully in, fully in charge and full strength. So I really am really curious to see and with this week they they could use it as a bounce back week and get and gain some rhythm. Mo Harkless did not play again. He was a DNP coach, coach's decision. And man, I was you know those first three losses were really discouraging. But that final game, maybe it was it was just because we really needed a win. Because man, that was it was a really tough week for us. But yeah, I was I'm really happy that we won that game. So on to our Heat Player of the Week award. Well, I had a hard time. You know, he had a bad game against the Clippers, but he still played pretty solid throughout the week. Bam Adebayo, his averages for the week, 18.7 points per game, 13.2 rebounds per game, and 5.5 assists per game. Hell, he even made a couple three-pointer. Uh, three so I, that was that was cool, really. And, wow. That was... That was that was a uh, <laughs> an eventful week of Heat basketball. Now let's take a look a look at the week week ahead. We have the Hornets on Monday. By the way, we a Hornets podcast has been added to the Hoopheads podcast network, so go and check it out. The Wizards on Wednesday and Friday, so we get a rematch against the the Wizards and the Knicks on Sunday. So we could easily. Okay, I'm going to go best case scenario, worst case scenario, and realistic case scenario. Best case scenario, maybe 4-0. I could see us going that way. Maybe not, but that's highly unlikely. That's the Listen, the best case scenario is the one that it could break. Our, the one I think is, is a bit unrealistic, but it's us going... Doing really well. The worst case scenario, I think, would be a two and two week. 
maybe drop one of the Wizards games and to the Knicks on Sunday. By the way, the Knicks are not terrible. The Knicks are not terrible. They they have a really good defense, and they people are really excited about him in Manual quickly. And Julius Randle has been playing really well. The Hornets on Monday. Well, Lamelo had a really nice game last last game. Gordon Hayward has been rejuvenated in Charlotte. He might still not worth all that money that they gave him, but it was nice. And our friend Aaron Washington wrote a, a really cool piece of business bas- business casual basketball detailing how well Gordon Hayward has been playing. And I think it was from that piece or somewhere I thought I saw that his shot attempts at the rim are near Utah levels. So it's good to see Gordon, Gordon back to being a really good basketball player after suffering all those injuries up there in Boston. So we face a really good defensive team and two, I would say, eh, defensive teams. So we could our offense could jumpstart of this game, maybe. I, I would, I certainly hope so. The Heat rank 25th in offensive rating, 20th in defensive rating, 29th in turnovers per game, 15th in three pointers made. 30th in offensive rebounds per game, 30th in rebounds per game overall. An improvement on the defensive rating this this week, but a, a we got worse on offense. So the defense, you know, the defense held up this week. I I don't think anybody scored more than 110 against us. The Nuggets won. The Nuggets came closest. They're at 109. Even Brooklyn did. Brooklyn didn't break 100 points against us. So that's maybe our defense is starting to pick up, which should be the staple of the Miami Heat. So anyway, let's hope that next week is mu- goes much more smoothly than last week. With that, without further ado, thank you for listening to the Three Hundred Five Culture Podcast. Subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Three Hundred Five Culture Pod. Please like and like and subscribe. I'm looking like a YouTuber. Subscribe to our podcast feeds wherever you get your podcasts, and if you can leave a short review and a five-star rating, we would really appreciate it. It helps It helps our growth. Wear your mask, please. Uh, last week, our, the great Seku Smith passed away from COVID. Our best wishes go out, our condolences go out to his family and friends. I had a chance to, to talk to him over at SBC. He gave me really good advice for... for uh, Yes, I'm an aspiring sports media member, and may he rest in power. I've been I have been following him for for quite a quite a while, and it was really sad to see him pass away due to COVID. Let's let's wear our masks, people. Try to end this thing quicker because it's it's affecting real people. Keep your distance and watch the NBA. See you next week. Bye bye. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started.
Thank you for listening to the 305 Culture Podcast. Subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 305 Culture Pod. Wear your mask, keep your distance, and watch the NBA. See you next week.